Audio by Raising Free People Network. Hey, fix your face. Fix your face. How did it feel to hear me say that? Now listen, I know everybody says this, people across all the lands, but when black people say, fix your face, we have a particular context, and I think that's a portal. And thankfully, my friend and fellow unschooling mama, Damari Dickinson of Positive and Purposeful Parenting, agrees with me. So she and I have launched a Fix Your Face de-schooling parenting challenge, and we're inviting you to join us. So be sure to head over to the show notes page, raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 213 to get details and the invitation because we want to work with black folks around this fix your face portal for the deeper work inside of that particular cultural norm. All right, join us. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Peace, y'all. This is Akila S. Richards coming to you with episode 213, episode 213 of Fair of the Free Child podcast. And in case you did not hear, this season we've slowed down our listening process so that every topic can get three full episodes of conversation and connection. Esta semana hemos ralentizado nuestro proceso de escucha para que cada tema tenga tres episodios completos de conversación y conexión. Yes. En el episodio la semana pasada, Karen M. Ricks of Our Kitchen Classroom, viajera, aprendiz de vida, madre, esposa, chef y emprendedora, hablado sobre la alegría, la comida, los viajes, los idiomas del método Montessori y su visión especial sobre la educación mundial. And it was lovely, okay? Oh, <laughs> I am really working on this Spanish and it is going pretty decently. And for the record, I just read that, okay? We stay front free out y'all. So I don't want y'all thinking that my Spanish has gotten way better than it has actually gotten. I'm reading, but that's my practice for the moment. <laughs> and I'm feeling it. And thank you for bearing with me through it. Oh my gosh. Anywho, this week we're following up with feedback. So last week, Karen and I talked. It was wonderful. And then this week we're following up with feedback and insights from our circle of listeners. And I can unapologetically tell you that this listener that we're featuring this week might just be my all-time favorite listener in all of listener land. Yo, absolutely. So before we have that bit of insight from our listener, I do want to make sure that you have your invitation. This is your official audio invitation, and the link will be on raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 213, the show notes page. So this is your invitation for our field trip, which is going to be on the 13th of this month, 13th of April. And in case you're not field tripping with us on that day, the replay 
or a detailed recap will air right here on the 17th, okay? So we field tripping on the 13th, and then we're going to replay or recap on the 17th. So make sure, say, you're following us wherever you listen to podcasts. I listen mostly on Spotify, and we on that too. So make sure that you are following or subscribed or whatever it calls for you to do to make sure you get these notifications, all right? So let's move into this bit of listener feedback and then I'll come back with a little bit more something, something. (laughs) We've got some responses, some feedback on Karen's episode from some of the members of our Fair of the Free Child Village inside the My Reflection Matters community. And I'm going to read some of those for you here. So Shani said, My head is spinning and swirling the words consent and consideration around like a pinball marble. For me, that is a thread that will lead to liberation. I want to examine my own interactions, behaviors, to uncover ways in which I neglect to consider people's rights to communicate consent. My mind is blown. There's much reframing to do, much reframing work to do, actually. I'm excited and energized. Yes, Shani. Yes. (laughs) Yolanda. Shout out to Yolanda. Yolanda said, I've always loved baking and cooking. I realized while listening that I haven't enjoyed cooking with my children since my mom died in 2007. Many of my best memories of my mom center around baking and cooking. Our work in the kitchen together, my cooking my first meal, or completing my annual task for holiday meals. Before my mom died, I invited my then very young children into the kitchen to stir and mix. After her death, I was filled with impatience towards them in the kitchen. They'd help, but it wasn't always pleasant. Even now, I hate cooking holiday meals. As teens, they rarely resist me in the kitchen. I can't make space for them in my memories. Definitely going to work on bringing back joy surrounding food. Oh, Yolanda, thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. Rachel says, I was thinking about this episode all day yesterday. I kept coming back to food and language and how basic and necessary these things are for survival and how our thoughts around these two things have been colonized. I've also been following Native Alaskan food videos and posts and learning about the abundance, that's in all caps, abundance of foods that can be found just in my backyard without having to cultivate anything. I mean, this is our very means of survival. And yet as humans, we don't just learn to survive in a place, we learn to thrive in a place. So we take something so necessary to us and we create complicated and nuanced dishes. We learned to ferment and boil and roast. We learned to brine and braise and bake. We had the patience and ingenuity to figure out which part of a plant was edible and how best to extract that particular piece from the rest of its inedible parts. How can we not come together over something as universal as food? Yes, Rachel. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was confused by parents who wanted Karen to stop teaching their children in the kitchen. I grew up without basic kitchen skills and had to learn everything myself when I got pregnant because I'll be damned if my daughter will grow up helpless in this way. I've learned so much about myself through cooking. Most recently, I had an aha moment. I've learned that I enjoy cooking way more if I don't have to handle meat. 
You see, even though I was determined to learn, that didn't mean that cooking was easy or enjoyable. But now that I've taken meat out of my regular routine, something about cooking has come alive for me. I look forward to having fun in the kitchen. To me, it's such a weird discovery about myself. But how can we not discover interesting things about ourselves and our loved ones when we come together to do something so basic to survival and yet we've turned it into this complicated form of art? Food is a way of communicating. Oh my goodness. Listen, y'all need to come into the village and read this comment because Rachel went in. There's so much more here. She's talking about language. She's talking about what Koreans use for the word bark or meow or what they would say in Iceland or Egypt. Like, oh, it's really great. Rachel, thank you so much for this insight. Oh, my gosh. And then I'm going to read a little bit from Vanessa. What up, Vanessa? Vanessa said, just listened and loved it and left with really wanting to hear from Karen more about her experience. Awesome, Vanessa, because Karen's going to be on our field trip. <laughs> and you'll be able to hear more then. Vanessa also says, I love the definition of world schooling. We do a lot of cooking and trying of different foods, and food is certainly my love language, so this is such a rich topic for me. I come from a home where both parents worked in the culinary industry, so one thing I've been working on de-schooling for myself is that there are different ways to do things in the kitchen because I was raised cooking with parents, but there was very much a right and a wrong way to do things so I've been working on letting go of some of that, which makes the cooking with my kids more fun and connection focused. Why is this only acceptable as an adult in regards to food preferences really resonated for me. For me, it's been hard to not take it personally when someone, particularly my child, does not like what I cook for them. We have not ever been a family that says you have to eat certain things because it can be fun to try new foods or retry new foods because our taste buds are always changing. However, I think my own feelings have played a role in the kids feeling pressured or guilty about not liking certain foods. So as we get deeper into de-schooling, we have convos with them about how it's okay to not like a food and everyone has a preference about how it is cooked. I would love to hear more from Karen about her experience with trying new foods with kids and more about incorporating cooking into the daily flow. Oh, thank y'all for that. So as you listen to all of that, let me know. Let me know how that feels, what comes up, and come share it right inside the Fair of the Free Child Village so you could be talking to Rachel, Yolanda, Shani, all of us directly. Vanessa, everybody. <laughs> Y'all know we got RFP Audio going on where we host six brilliant podcasts, including the one you're listening to now. And I want to make sure you know how excited I am about how she got free podcast in this moment because Katrina Monique, your host, is really going in. I've been listening to some of the excerpts for the upcoming episodes. And I'm just like, listen, you got to make sure you're following her on Instagram, how she got free so that you can know when it drops because it is a podcast about loss, liberation, and leadership. So my entrepreneurs, my spiritual-minded folks, just so much will be coming up and through this particular liberation walk, and I want to make sure you don't miss it. So follow on Instagram at HowSheGotFree for details on this brilliant podcast by my friend Katrina Monique. 
My example of food as education is the lesson I learned in food as self-preservation. I'm not talking about just eating to live. Oh yeah, you just get some food and you eat because you have to eat. I'm talking about, for me, things that I've gone through in life and where I am today. Food, growing food in particular, planting, starting from seeds. Let me go all the way back. Starting out planting the seeds, watching them germinate, watching them grow, then moving to the next stage and feeding and nurturing and pruning and all those things until it gets to harvest time. There is so much in that process that teaches me or can teach anyone about self-preservation. I'll even go ahead and say that in this pandemic that we are experiencing right now, if I didn't have that, I don't know what would have happened with me in terms of self-preservation. I get so much joy just doing that, just planting food. Flowers too, don't get me wrong. But the flowers serve a purpose among the food because they serve as pollinators for insects and pollination is essential for the growth of food. There's this symbiotic relationship that I love to talk about as well. And preserving oneself, food and growing food is that wonderful example for me. Even health-wise, I've had some health challenges and just growing my own stuff. Growing my own, right now I'm making juices and providing them to people. And that gives me so much joy. So often I'll come across someone that says, oh, it's so much work because you have to clean them and you have to juice and then you have to clean up. I love it. It's a process for me. I find so much to do while I'm doing it. I could be watching my favorite program. I could be listening to an encouraging CD or DVD or whatever. I can be meditating while I'm juicing, while I'm cleaning up. Self-preservation, all of that is a self-preservation process to me. I can't wait for the mornings to come, for the sun to rise, for me to just get to the plants and just start doing my self-preservation because that's what it does for me. It calms me, it soothes me, it teaches me, it preserves me. Like I said, if I didn't have that during this pandemic, a whole year has gone by. And it looks like another year is about to go by with what's going on. I have my plants. I have my planting. I have my juicing. Because growing food is a whole entire process. As I mentioned before, the germinating, the watching them grow, the getting them to the next stage, the fertilizing, the pruning, the moving, if you have to, the resuscitating of a plant, so to speak, something that's almost dying and you rescue it, because I love to do that too. There is something in that, especially rescuing a plant. I'll go to Lowe's or Home Depot or any plant store, and I see a plant that's almost dying. I gravitate towards those. I will buy it. Of course, you get it significantly cheaper. Sometimes you get it for even less far less than what the original price was. I take that sucker home and bring it back to life. Preservation, there is something in that it does something for me. So for me, food 
or planting as self-preservation is my thing. It's, that's what it does to me. It has taught me lessons in self-preservation, preserving myself, preserving oneself, because that's what I did when I have had all my challenges in life, planting and growing food and harvesting food and eating my own food and sharing my food with people has done a lot. It has preserved me, still is. That is my lesson when it comes to food and planting food. Thanks, Mom. So much sweetness, right? I love it. And I cannot wait to hear how you connect to this too. I want to hear what subtle connections or the big ahas might have come. I want to hear about what might have come as you were listening to Val speak her truth, share her medicine. Yes, thank you, Mom. <laughs> Be sure to follow Val at Our Plants on Instagram, just like it sounds. Val and our plants. She is the Plant It Up lady whose podcast, Plant It Up podcast, is planted right here inside of Fair of the Free Child. So you will be hearing tidbits, education about farming, urban farming, inside your house, gardening, all that good stuff from Val. So thank you for blessing us with a bit of insight. And we had a bit of other feedback for this first round of our three-part process. I love it. Thank y'all so much. We had Riri Bex. Shout out to Riri Bex who said, very excited for the three-part episodes for deepening concepts and valuing slowness. Most podcasts aren't doing this. They sure ain't. I got you, Riri Bex. <laughs> and then Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. Robin, shout out to Robin and Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids podcast. She shared that she loves the new format and she love loves Karen Ricks. I totally see why, Robin, and thank you for your comment. Also wanted to shout out Thea Monier, who thought this was brilliant and she's really excited to listen to the new format. Thea has Shaping the Shift podcast, The Black of the Brain, Marley I.O. is her parent company. I'm just loving the synergy here. Our listeners are dope, okay? They are amazing. Thea is also a part of our Make It Happen family, and I gotta shout out our Make It Happen family. Mm, you know what? This is beautiful because I also can shout out a creator who I support on Patreon because she is amazing, and I actually found out about her through Thea. It's Ebony Janice. Thank you, Thea, for so many things, including putting me on to Ebony Janice, who goes by Ebony Janice, so do not call her out her name by trying to shorten it or whatever. She is fire, and I love, love, love supporting her. She has Ebony Janice's couch tour coming up. I saw that in my email the other day. I was like, uh, RSVP right now. <laughs> and then she even motivated me to share a get ready with me video. She doesn't even know this. We didn't have this conversation, not in words, but I was like, you know what? I want to do more types of engaging, varied types of engaging with my make it happen family. And so I went ahead and published because I've done many of these and just didn't publish them. <laughs> I get ready with me video and I shared that on Patreon. It's also on my YouTube channel and I will put that link on here in case you get down with get ready with me videos the way that I do. All right. 
So let me go ahead and shout out our patrons as we wrap up this feedback episode. First of all, shout out to Michelle Shereen Murray of the Ethical Rainmaker podcast, one of our newer patrons. And I was on a recent episode of the Ethical Rainmaker where we were talking about de-schooling and decolonization, of course. Shout out to Michelle. Thank you for joining our family. And I will put the link to that episode of the Ethical Rainmaker podcast on the show notes page. So make sure you check that out. RaisingFreePeople.com forward slash 213. Yes, now let's shout out our March patrons. We got Stephanie Amana, Hannah, Michelle, Kate, who increased her pledge. Thank you. Marta, Nakomi, Cheryl, O, Susan, Alexan, and Jen. 11 folks in the mix and then one person who increased their pledge. And I love you for that, baby. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Amaya, whose voice you hear at the very beginning of this podcast. And now she's helping me give some big thanks to our Make It Happen family. Listen, this is so much fun. I really appreciate you rocking with me as I flow through this new format. So enjoy. Make sure you continue to use that leave a voicemail button on the right side of RaisingFreePeople.com to give me your feedback and I'll make sure to share that or you can write to me, she at RaisingFreePeople.com and I'll share it there as well. So I will talk to you either next Tuesday, is that what the 13th is? If you're going to be on that field trip with us and if not, then I'll hit you back right here on the 17th with a recap or a replay of that. All right. And in case you are wondering, well, okay, how do I get involved in this field trip? I'm going to put that link on the show notes page because we put the invitations in addition to here on the podcast. We also share them inside our Fair of the Free Child Village, which is part of the My Reflection Matters community. Shout out to Chimay and the team over at My Reflection Matters because they're doing amazing work. Love y'all. Thank you for listening and chat to you next week. Fair of the Free Child is a weekly published podcast community centering Black people, Native Indigenous people, and people of color in liberation-centered living and learning practices. Much of my own family's liberation work, our ongoing decolonization skills, emerged through our unschooling practice. So I stay talking about unschooling and other self-directed education movement things. So I, your host, Akila S. Richards, and brilliant folks who join me will discuss the details of raising free Black and brown children amidst systems that attempt to diminish, dehumanize, and disappear them. 